Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. See, I pity Giselle. Um, I really do, but then I gotta be real. I gotta keep it real, Tati. Ready? I did say she had a hot box. And then I said she was a broken down whore from her college. I didn't lie. But I guess she wanted a little revenge. So I'm going to give her a little grace there. Because I did set her box of fire around the world. Okay. And I get all my shit. Hi, it's Kara Berry. Um, the universe really has a way of providing. I will say that. So let me walk you through this. I recorded the recap of the latest episode of Potomac Monday. And after I finished recording, I was like, Ugh, I don't feel like editing and uploading and doing all this right now. I'll just do it on Tuesday. And then as the day gets longer, later, whatever, uh, Things started trickling, and then that trickle turned into a flood, didn't it, with regard to Robin and Juan. So uh, before we get into this recap, girl, we're going to talk about this, aren't we? Mm. Mm. <laughs> Mm-mm-mm. So I think because it, there's a lot of sources, like I'm like the lady with the calculations around her brain, or Zach Galifianakis, either one. I There's a lot going on, and so I'm going to try to keep it as like in the timeline as I can, but we'll see. I mean, all of these receipts are out there. I'm sorry, Robin. So you'll be able to cross-reference if you need to. So for my experience, let's go back to about a week ago. I'm scrolling through TikTok and I happen upon an account uh, by the name of Giorgio Says. And Giorgio said a couple things. Giorgio said, he, I guess is from the DMV area. Somebody slid into he, his DM to say, oh, I've had a whole relationship with Juan um, starting towards the end of the pandemic. Well, not the end of 2020 for about a year. And I've got some receipts to prove it. I've got iMessages, DMs hotel receipts, what have you, right? So he gets all this information and, you know, as you do, post a video about it. Why not? But as we all know, because Karen um, laid down that accusation about Juan talking to some girl, who, woman rather, who looked just like her um, and was seen walking around Georgetown, everybody thought that, that those were the same women. They're not, okay? 
So this woman, who still remains unnameless as of now, um, is from Canada. Uh, allegedly, why do they say allegedly? As if out of all of this information, her being from Canada would be the most egregious one. But I think she's Canadian. And she said that she reached out to Juan around September of 2020. Uh, looks like via Instagram DM. She was dating or maybe knew a ball player. Like maybe they had somebody kind of in common. So they were able to uh, have a connection and, and were speaking about whatever their connection was. Eventually, the chick ends up flying down to the Potomac DMV area and reaches out to Juan and says, hey, I forgot my credit card or something. She didn't have her wallet on her. And can you come help me uh, get this book, this hotel room? She sent the picture of the receipt. Now, of course, that could be very easily manipulated if you were that bored. But Robin confirms this fact. Now, from Robin's end, she said that... I don't think this woman said to Giorgio that she needed money. I think this was like, oh, he booked me a hotel. But Robin said that he she needed the money and he just went there and helped her put the credit card down and left. Nothing untoward. <clears throat> Robin, do you believe that? That makes sense to you? Okay. So according to this Canadian woman, like I said, their relationship lasted about a year and it ended pretty terribly. Um, I would say with basically her feeling like Juan wants to hook up with women and then pass these women on to his homies and she was getting a ride back from one of his friends to the airport and he exposed himself to her and basically like I, I something along the lines of like you better you know work for your ride to this airport or something she got freaked out and like never really spoke to Juan since then he I think sent her a message in January of 2021 just a simple wave emoji but from what we see, she doesn't respond. So on Monday, Robin and Giselle's podcast comes out. And towards the end of the podcast, Robin talks about these allegations. Now, everybody's confused at first, thinking that she's talking about the woman that Karen was alleging. But no, this was about the one that Georgia said. Okay. So um, she did not clarify that. But yeah, for those of you who may have been confused, it's these are two separate women. So from Robin's side of things, she says that she knew. Now, here's what I'm confused. Well, I, I'm assuming that she found out. I want to know how she found out. Did Juan tell her or did she know because this woman DM'd her? It sounds like she found out because this woman DM'd her. It was like, hey, I'm with your man. Or I was, right? So she says she got a DM, didn't really do much with it. And I guess she and Juan, quote unquote, dealt with it. And also, so... This is before filming of season seven. Giselle also got a DM from this woman and she reaches out to Robin immediately. Robin says, yeah, we know Juan and I talked about it. We tried to work through it. Right. So at this point, <clears throat> Robin says all through season seven, I'm now waiting because I'm assuming if she reached out to me and Giselle, then she probably reached out to everybody on the cast. So she was waiting all this season 
expecting somebody to come out with this allegation. And the only one who came kind of even comes close is Karen. Now, Robin claims that the reason why Juan spoke to this woman is because it was a pandemic and he was bored and he was stupid and that was wrong of him, but they worked through it. And that, that may or may not be the reason why their wedding was delayed for a bit, um, which seemed to be news to Giselle. (laughs) And at that point, Robin says, Hey, if you guys want more information about this, why don't you kick it on over to the Patreon and I'll give you more information (laughs) about my husband being a fuck boy. But, um, you know, as, the internet is want to do. Somebody wrote down a list of uh, the plot point or the, the highlights, if you want to call them that, of what Robin said. So um, apparently this lady reached out to Juan on account of being fans of Giselle and Robin. That was their initial contact. And because Juan likes attention, he took the bait. Okay. And so she says... Like I told you, apparently this lady also said she used to date an athlete in the DMV area. Once travel restrictions were lifted uh, for the U.S. and Canada, she came, messages Juan, says, hey, I'm going to be in your, you know, neck of the woods. And he was under the impression that she was there to see the dude, right? So he says she's in town. Robin says that this woman's in town for a few days and then contacts Juan she lost her wallet. Can you pay for my hotel bill? He goes, he pays, he leaves, nothing happens. Right? So the lady then reaches out to Juan later asking, oh, why didn't you stay with me? And she starts asking for more money, wanting to get her hair done and a couple other things. But it sounds like at that point, Juan was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. So late 2021, uh, she reaches out to Robin, also reaches out to Giselle, um, Robin says that she's mad at Juan for entertaining her, um, because this lady eventually, uh, sold the information to the blogs who, <laughs> I don't think she did to Georgia, but, um, yeah, basically Robin is doing this. Oh, she's a fan. She's obsessed. She was trying to fleece us. And, um, you know, she just wants attention. She just wants fame and whatever. Okay. Now this like doesn't clear anything up for me personally. (laughs) Like, okay. He definitely, um, was engaging with somebody that he didn't need to be. Didn't tell you until she reached out with a bunch of receipts. Um, so to say like you didn't entertain her, but it also was a point of contention with you and Juan to the point where you delayed the wedding. Um, I don't really know if that's like a non-entertainment action to me. Now, for me, this calls so many things into question. Like, I mean, where do we even start? Starting with, I guess, Robin calling Juan to be like, oh, isn't that so ridiculous that you would cheat on me? Like, girl, no, it's not, apparently it's not. It seems like something you guys were very much dealing with. Um, if not in that moment, then like in the very recent past so his reaction now makes a lot more sense i think because he'd probably been dealing with you know how long of trying to convince robin that he wasn't cheating on her when you know the proof is in the hotel receipt 
And also, I was cussing and fussing. How many weeks ago when Robin said, oh, I've never heard these rumors. And I'm like, how is that possible? Because I've heard a lot of them. So she has heard these rumors. So why are you acting like, oh, this is preposterous. And like Hibbs um, stepping out might be so out of the realm of possibility. And what are we doing? And I know that like some people aren't of the once a cheater, always a cheater camp. I, you know, I think there's room for reform for everybody. But also I know when somebody cheats, uh, yeah, you can't believe the first lie. I mean, you can't believe the first truth. Excuse me. Um, when somebody is so used to lying and being deceptive, you gotta dig. Because what they'll do is they'll like... Let's say they fucked somebody, right? They fucked somebody in the back of the car and blah, blah, blah. The windows were all steamy. Somebody caught you, your car, because they saw the license plate in the back of the Walmart parking lot. And like, you got to explain your way out of it, right? Um, This didn't happen to me, by the way. I know that sounds like too specific to come up with on the fly, but you know, my brain works in amazing ways. But anyway, um, so you're confronting that person, right? In the back of the Walmart parking lot and they've been cheated on you before and you know something happened. Like there's no way they can get out of it. The windows were foggy, right? But they're like, oh, I heard you were just making out with somebody and they'll they'll admit to the making out because they're like, oh, sweet. They don't know that I actually penetrated somebody. So yeah, I'll be like, I'm so sorry. Like, I have to admit to something because it's an irrefutable fact. But I'm just going to like, oh, you think all I did was make out? Then I'm just going to admit to making out until you press me again. And then things will escalate. So never believe the first truth. Never. And my other thing really is for Miss Giselle. Because now we know that you knew about this. So what's with the allegations about Chris? You know, like, what were we doing with that? Was that a distraction tactic? Even Robin didn't fall for it. Like, I just have a lot of questions about, like, the hypocrisy of it all. And, like, coming for people when they needed to sweep around their own front porch. And then, I think I'm too in my head about this, but I want to talk about it all. I was also thinking about how, what happened with, um, shit, I'm blanking, but... You know how initially Robin was like team Chris in the beginning of the season. Like, oh, I don't believe that he was trying to do anything untoward with Giselle. But then something happens with Candace and Robin. And Robin said something that really stuck out to me. It felt very transactional. Like, oh, I stuck my neck out for you, Candace, with this Chris stuff. And like, now I'm not getting whatever it is that I want back. And I thought, gosh, why does she feel that way? That's a very odd thing to feel. Like if you felt like Chris was in the right, then you should just stand in that. And it shouldn't be like, oh, I did something for you. Like you scratch my, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. It just felt very like she expected protection from Candace because she helped her out, which I mean, it's just lame in itself because we know that Chris didn't do anything. Like Robin's co-signing of it doesn't really make it any more legit. Which uh, leads me to the cast reaction. Uh, It has been (laughs) interesting. I had to pause because when I was looking back on Twitter, I was looking for what Karen said uh, last night and found that she posted a whole 25 minute YouTube video talking about, uh, Robin, Charisse, uh, Giselle, and how basically, uh, 
winner winner chicken dinner she is so i took notes about that we got to get into but i guess we'll end on that but let's talk about what candace said because obviously candace has some feelings so she says she wrote this at 253 in the morning by the way i love it wow a thread (laughs) Our boss's favorite clapback when we're playing coy about certain aspects of our lives is you're on a reality show about your life. There's an expectation that doing no harm, we show up to this platform as our authentic selves. And while we quote, reserve the right to be judicious about what we share, there's a special brand of audacity attached to individuals who knowingly bury the lead in exchange for damning and salacious lies that stand to cause irreparable harm to innocent people. It tarnishes the integrity of the premise of our show. It tap dances on the intelligence of the viewership that champion our stories and discover their own parallels in our lives. And when it's not that deep, it simply occludes amusement. It's not entertaining. It's not interesting. It's whack. Why be open or genuine or authentic when the least of us can, uh, when the least of us can rob our viewers of the truth and continually be rewarded for it? What are we doing? And a better question, what are y'all watching? <laughs> I love it. I And you know what? I said that I do find the um, social media behavior to be annoying, particularly with uh, the Beverly Hills ladies. And it takes away from the show. However, like Robin chose to bury the lead on this until there, you know, was nothing more that they could film this season. And so, you know, they have to respond in kind. And I appreciate that. So Chris also said something, but I don't know. I don't know. Chris said a lot of things about like our and our show and we, and I just felt like, I don't, I don't know about that girl. But anyway, uh, let's get into what Karen's video said. So I believe she did this. The woman's name is Tati, was her co-host. I think that's her makeup artist. Y'all, the video is entitled, in all caps, Lies, 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 with four exclamation points, and then Revealed, with one exclamation point. (laughs) And the the picture, in the, like, cover picture, is uh, a picture of... Uh, uh, Karen from the reunion and a uh, picture of the reasonably shady Giselle and Robbins podcast cover (laughs) and uh, like some screenshots basically just like pointing to um, her being a liar (laughs) just just in case you you really want to know what she's talking about oh my god this video y'all took me down One thing about Karen, and this really cracks me up, is that she approaches every interview as if it's, like, inside the actor's studio. It is a hour-long special with Diane Sawyer. You know, just, like, very upper echelon for, for like, a YouTube chat with your makeup artist. No shade, you know? I'm just saying. I love it. I love the commitment and the energy that she brings. She goes 120% to everything. And I love it. I appreciate it. So she starts off by saying that Robin started the season with a lot of energy. So she was actually excited for her because she thought that maybe this would be the season where Robin actually had a storyline. But it turned out that her storyline was to be the master of deflection. And then she, 
She's so, I would encourage you guys to watch this. So funny. Then she says that she has to give Robin credit, actually, because Juan's legal stuff could have been brought up at some point this season. She had to have been going into the season knowing that that was going down, but it never came up. And and she says when Robin would get activated, like when she was 10 toes down with Wendy at the dance studio or where she was like, you know, whatever, um, bringing out all her inspector gadget pieces that, uh, it was frightening to watch Robin get so activated and come alive because she wasn't sure if she had taken a B12 shot or if something else was going on. <laughs> and then she goes. <laughs> she says that season eight, the season that they're about to be filming, you know, fingers crossed, uh, will be all about Robin's, what's at Robin's doorstep. And there will be no deflection. And that she's happy for Robin to maybe have the opportunity to show some decorum and to uh, Robert up, as she says, and to be the Robert that we know her to be. She refers to Robin as Robert uh, a few times and also um, says that Robert tried to shoot her wad at her, but she nevertheless, she stood still. So I don't know what that means, but um, Robert tried to shoot her wad. So. She tries to put a point on the board for herself by saying that the network didn't show that picture that Robin showed the rest of the ladies because, you know, even though she didn't see it, she just feels like the fact that they didn't want to show it on television points to her innocence. And then she's like, it could be anybody in that picture. I don't know. You don't know. Do you know? Do you, you don't know. Do you? And it's like, why would Tati know? <laughs> you know that Tati doesn't know. Okay. Um, so then she says... <laughs> I am straight up owed an apology by Robin. Well, and Juan. She keeps referring to Juan as uh, Robin's spouse. Throughout this, she never actually says his name. Um, But she says, I'm owed an apology by both of them, but I don't think I'm going to get it. Which is fine, because I'm having a great time. (laughs) And then Karen says that her license has never been suspended. Like Giselle claimed in the last episode. And she did not say, however, that she didn't get a DUI. I did not see her say that. But she did say that her license was not suspended. She also says that she was sexually assaulted. And it took her about 10 years to get her soul back. And that she had a lot of therapy for that. But it wasn't an alcohol rehab that she went to. It was like a lot of things, but it wasn't alcohol related. And so then Tati says... Well, she actually felt some type of way about Giselle calling her a drunken whore from nowhere university because there's a reason why uh, Karen left college. Um, And that's like fucked up to even point to that, you know, but Karen, (laughs) this is really cracked me up. Karen says, you know, I, she went to UVA, by the way. Um, Karen says, you know, I'm going to give Giselle a little bit of grace on that because I did say that she had a hot box and that she was a broken down whore from her university. I didn't lie, but I think what she wanted to do was just have revenge on me. So I'm going to give her some grace because I did set her box of fire around the world. So, you know, fair game. Fair. And this is why these bitches win. This is why... You have to, even if you don't like Giselle or you don't like Karen, you have to respect 
usually how they play the game with each other because they both know that they're making a TV show and they both know that they're like, they're like the perfect frenemies. They're the perfect frenemies. Like usually it doesn't get too nasty. Usually they can like get up and lick their wounds. You know, it's like two um, women fighting in Kill Bill. You know, it's like a, a worthy opponent and sometimes it cuts a little close. Maybe somebody gets murdered, but at the end of the day, there's a respect there. There's a borderline of respect. Like we know what we're doing and where there's a commonality. There's a common goal that we're working towards. So then we get to the Charisse. Charisse being drunk as a skunk at the strip club and claiming that uh, uh, Karen fucked somebody in the bathroom, a worker in the bathroom at the last club that she and Karen went to together years ago at some point. You'll hear about that in the recap. So she says, <laughs> it takes a woman who speaks toilet language to know a toilet like that. And I personally don't know a toilet like that. Sheree well, speaks toilet language. Then she says that a former cast member reached out to her, <laughs> Monique, and told her that she needs to sue Sharice. But she's choosing not to do that. Not because she can't afford it, because she very much can. But she just doesn't want to spend a dime on Sharice. Let the record reflect. So then she goes, you know, I have a little bit of sympathy after all of this for Giselle. And, you know, I have a prayer for Robin. And then she starts talking about how Robin actually should maybe thank her for the fact that she was able to get married because she feels like her questioning, her constantly questioning uh, Robin and Robin's spouse's relationship was what got the ball in motion, even though she feels like Robin got married under distress, which is a terrible thing. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. 
BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. <laughs> she goes, but I do feel like she owes me that because she's Mrs. Dixon today. I don't know if I would want to be that now, but she is. <laughs> oh my God. Um, she also said that with regard to the uh, breast of the vertebrae hug, that Candace, Monique, and her hairdresser saw it. And because she's a survivor of sexual assault, she wanted to make it very clear that she did not feel like. Juan was attempting to do it like he was even a thought in his mind when he hugged her she very much was just like he was drunk and it was just uncomfortable for me like I wasn't trying to make any sort of allegation or suggestion um she says that she has nothing for Sharice done she does not say her name but she's got nothing for her dead and gone she also said that Sharice was drunk every scene that she filmed or excuse me, somebody was drunk every scene that was filmed this season. And that's a fact. That's not alleged. That is an actual fact. So, woo. I mean, the sweating makes a lot more sense now, you know, because why were you sweating, tapping your forehead with a thick napkin in the inside of a, a cold ass bar? Didn't make sense. But now, now you got the drunk sweats. I get it, girl. I've been there. I've been there. Anyway, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess oh, let's get on with the show. Without you. I know. Well, I how know. much sauce are you going to put on it? Oh, so much. <laughs> I need to confer with Miss Mia because if she is bumping vaginas with Wendy or doing some licking action, I need to know that before I start telling people. I think she should try on one more. Okay, fine. Vamanos. But be clear. I'm going to tell people. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine. With me, Cara Berry, our penultimate, gosh, uh, of season seven episode of Real Housewives of Potomac. So bummed that we're going to be, you know, away from our girls soon. But we got some good things coming. I'm really, really excited about Vanderpump and Summer House this season. But we got to talk about our girls. They're still... You know, at the second to last episode, firing on all cylinders. And I actually had a thought. I can't remember there being an episode where it was focused on Robin so heavily ever in the seven seasons. Um, So, you know, good for you. Good for you, girl. Giving it seventh inning stretch, I guess. But uh, yeah, it starts off, I would say, uh, pretty ironic. What really cracks me up is that we all caught on to this. Robin is going dress shopping for the wedding, right? She invites Giselle and Ashley, but the name of the boutique is Deja Vu, which like, yeah, let that sink in. Now, I thought this was maybe a consignment shop, you know, hence the name, but it seems like it's an actual like formal wear and bridal wear uh, place in Mount Airy, Maryland, if anybody's interested. Uh, So like I said, Ashley and Giselle are there. 
And Ashley is very busy, okay? Ashley has time to get in there and stir some shit up that has nothing to do with her and then pretend like she has somewhere to go. And, you know, do I appreciate her for it? No. Do I hate her for it? Eh. You know, we're driving a story. I could appreciate that. Robin says something about how, like, stressed out she is about the wedding and how she has to do a lot of things, like... I what think about your hair like I'm really confused about what all is going into this you already got the tickets booked because you're going to somebody else's wedding right you're already probably going to be on a resort that you're going to get wedding get wedding at get married on right so what really is there to think about get the dress get the suits put on some Fenty Beauty and let's get it popping girl like nobody's even going to be there like, at this point, for as much as you're trying to downplay it, let's just go to, you know, the Jamaican version of Whole Foods and get a twelve ninety nine bouquet of flowers and call it a day. <sighs> you know, Ashley and, and Giselle go and watch her try on these dresses. And, you know, let's make no mistake. I think Robin is whack. I think this is definitely her villain season. I don't appreciate it because I genuinely, generally like Robin pre this season. So, you know, I don't appreciate her putting in me in a position. Seems unfair. But the bitch is beautiful. And she's got a gorgeous little body. And she looked great in every dress. Um, I was shocked that Giselle, who, by the way, came to this in a white capri length denim jumpsuit with the cut off sleeves like she's in the fucking warriors from that you know the movie from the 1980s um wow she actually gave robin good advice by telling her you know the second dress that she put on was actually like more of a an event dress a gala dress not a wedding situation here's the thing i feel like robin's faking the funk and it kind of made me a little bit sad for her Something makes me think that she's, this is not like, oh, I'm just being a cool bride and I don't want to do a big thing and I don't want to have anybody there. I'm wondering if maybe there's like a subconscious minimizing of the situation because of whatever, right? I don't know. Because when she put that veil on and she was like, you guys are trying to make me into a a bride, like a traditional bride. But her face lit up. She looked so happy. She looked so comfortable. And like she felt beautiful. And I just like... You know, even though I think her attitude has been real funky, I do want her to have the love that everybody deserves, you know? Like, I would not want anybody to be in a situation where they've been stuck with some dude that they've known since high school and that he's treated her meh the whole time, but she can't let go of him because she loves him or whatever that feeling is. You know, like, I don't want that. That sucks. We also found out later that... By the way, her mom's not here at this dress fitting. And when Giselle asks her why, she says, oh, I haven't even told her. Like, not about the dress fitting, about the whole fucking wedding that's happening in a few weeks from now. Like, something about that is weird to me. But let's move on to Ashley since she's got somewhere to go. She cannot wait to tell Giselle what happened to the other ladies last night in Mexico because Giselle went to bed, I guess. So Giselle asked Ashley, did you and Candace kiss? And... First of all, why? why? Why would that be the first question that you had? <laughs> Giselle's being real weird. Like, I feel like nobody's really talking about how focused and on the lesbianism of it all Giselle is. And to the point where she's making up several stories of people hooking up that literally didn't happen. Like, why is nobody calling her out for this? This is weird. 
if we could work into season eight, a, a very special episode in which Giselle meets a whole spectrum of lesbians and she can get all her questions out since apparently she's got many and it's a real topic on her mind. It seems to be, I would really appreciate that because it's, it's like incessant at this point. So yeah, Ashley has to tell her, no, I didn't kiss Candace. I'm not sure why you're even asking me this. Um, but then she does that thing that I said she was doing last week with that old, you know, those old retro cat clocks, the black and white ones where their eyes dart back and forth. She starts doing that. And that's how we know, oh, Ashley's got something that she's not supposed to be saying, but is absolutely about to say on camera. <laughs> Which leads us to Giselle's question, second question, which is, did somebody else do some vagina bumping? Okay, nobody, we're not, else is not a situation because nobody did in the first place. Again, that's just something that you made up in your mind. But anyway, um, Ashley says that Mia was, um, you know, talking to Wendy about how attractive Wendy was and how into her she was. And then Giselle asks if Wendy reciprocated. So Ashley was like, well, I think Wendy was intrigued. So then Robin comes out. Again, looking very beautiful. They're looking at the dress, blah, blah, blah. Robin goes back. As soon as Robin turns her back to go back in that dressing room, uh, Giselle's like, okay, um, what's going on? Let's get back to the vaginas. So there's a theory that Giselle has, or maybe it was Ashley, that uh, Mia was actually sexually frustrated by Wendy, and that's why she threw that drink on her. Giselle said that. Because Ashley says, well, they did leave together on the last night in Mexico. But I don't know what happened, okay? But they left together. So Giselle goes, okay, well, I think I need to talk to me about this. So now that um, Johnny Appleseed, Johnny Ashley Seed is done planting her little uh, gossip nuggets, she's like, oh, I got to go. I'm going to take my little white Telfar and kick it somewhere else because my work here is done. So then Robin's done uh, with her dress fitting. So she sits down to talk to her. Um, but Ashley hugs Giselle on her way out and Giselle's like, I'm going to have to tell Robin what you said. So Ashley goes, how much sauce are you going to put it on it, Giselle? Meaning how much, uh, lying are you going to be telling? And Giselle goes, oh, a lot, you know, a lot of sauce. So in a confessional, Giselle says, I need to confirm with Miss Mia because if she's bumping vaginas with Wendy or getting some Wendy action, I need to know before I start telling people. But to be clear, I am going to be telling people. Okay. (laughs) Just did. Just did. So she tells uh, Robin everything. And it's just like Robin's kind of taking it in, but not not really feeling it. So then they switch subjects to Robin's bachelorette party, which Giselle keeps describing as like a very upscale, elegant dinner of steak and lobster with some titties and ass. Are you going to be cool with that? Also, who do you want on and off the, the guest list, right? Robin says, okay, obviously not Karen because of the wand stuff. To be honest, the way that Wendy was laughing and giggling at that lunch, you know, about Karen, Karen saying that Juan hugged her so hard that her titties went, excuse me, breasts went back into her vertebrae. Um, She's now mad at Wendy again. And I knew to make a note of her when Wendy laughed last week, her being like, what's so funny? I knew this was going to come back to haunt Wendy. I fucking knew it. Girl, let it go. Or just say that you don't like Wendy. Okay? And like the utter hypocrisy of Giselle and Robin 
all season insisting that Karen be friends with Cherise, somebody that she's made it very clear that she doesn't fuck with, insisting that there's some reason, insisting that there's some conspiracy in theory and why won't you hang out with her? You're so mean. But yet y'all have spent also <clears throat> in conjunction with this uh, campaigning for the champagne room, um, Icing Wendy out in every opportunity that you can do it by not letting her film because we know that like the subtext of Robin and Giselle being mad at Karen is because she doesn't want her at these events. Um, But you don't want Wendy at these events. So and she's like an actual signed a contract holding a champagne glass in the opening credits. Legitimate cast member. And yet Sharice is mostly just here and sweaty. So I'm not really sure what the difference is. But I guess Wendy in Robin's green eyes isn't being genuine with her and she only wants people who are her actual friend. Okay, whatever. Um, Then we see uh, kind of like a closing scene with Candace and uh, Chris. They're outside. They're talking about the party that they're going to be planning for her Deep Space Deluxe album release and the video with Trina. Trina's not going to be there, but you know. Y'all get to see her on the screen. So then Chris asked her, you know, we're hitting beats. How was your Mexico trip? As if I haven't talked to you, the wife that I lay down with. (laughs) Here's one thing that I think we can let go of. Like these husbands asking about something that happened on a trip. Like, of course, they've told you everything. Why are we even pretending? Or maybe like, honestly, if I were a housewife, I'd probably be like, okay, I'm actually not going to talk to you about this stuff until we're on camera. Like, you know, that way we don't have to do this twice. I don't have to bore either one of us. But anyway, um, she tells him, you know, listen, the old ladies were fighting. And then Karen got into it with Robin about some rumors that Juan was cheating on somebody and they were seen together in Georgetown and Chris rolls his eyes and he's like, well, of course, why not just throw another husband under the bus, right? Candace says, it's dumb. It's as dumb as you grabbing on that old cookie monster ass bitch in front of me. Like, why would you do that? (laughs) And this is why Candace is good. I'm going to break it down for you because now it's just like, she's just cookie monster. Like we don't even have a name for her. It's just like, as it is written in Sesame street. So it shall be (laughs) not even acknowledging her real name because she's Sesame street. She's a cookie monster hilarious Candace come on the podcast please please anyway (laughs) um so then she brings up Robin and Robin showing the picture to everybody how you could see Karen from the back it did look like this guy that we've been talking about blue eyes the elusive blue eyes and Chris goes did you guys have any fun or were you guys just arguing and like talking about each other's husbands the whole time (laughs) Fair question. The answer would be the latter. Um, so then Candace says, well, actually, I did have fun the last night. Um, I woke up in my room and I was in the shower. I'm not even sure how I got there. So Chris goes, well, that's impressive. <laughs> then they basically now decide that now that everything's wrapping up with their school, the album, uh, that they're going to start the IVF process, do the egg retrieval. And they seem really excited about that. So then Karen and Wendy go to lunch and (laughs) Karen tells Wendy, I've been holding on to this information about uh, Juan touching me inappropriately for like 
years, like three years now. So Wendy goes, you know what? I actually thought about something at your, <laughs> at your wig shift party. Um, a couple of years ago, you had that conversation with Robin. So then we see the flashback where Robin is wearing this ridiculous wig, by the way, but Robin asks Karen, oh, are you afraid of what you might say when you drink? And Karen goes, no, I'm not, but you should be concerned about what Juan says when he's drinking. So Karen's like, yes, girl, that's exactly what I was talking about. And when I said that, I knew that Robin knew that I knew what she, <laughs> what she was talking about or whatever, right? So then Karen says, this is so funny. Now let's talk about the picture that they wouldn't show me. I don't care and I won't address it. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> grand opening, grand closing. She goes, that woman isn't me. And so the producer asked Wendy in a confessional if she thought that that woman in the picture was Karen. And she goes, actually, I didn't even get to see the picture. Uh, Robin didn't show me. And then we see a flashback where Robin's showing everybody but the, at the table, but uh, Wendy and uh, Karen. Karen. Wendy's like, well, fuck this. I'm going to have my lunch. Can somebody pass the rice, please. So now Wendy's basically picked up that Robin was being shady. And Ashley decides to FaceTime while they're at this lunch, you know, to deliver some more goods, right? So she downloads her on like what they were talking about at dress shopping and what she said to Robin. And Karen says, I feel like Robin has misdirected anger that she needs to take in the right direction and not out on me. So then Ashley says, well, there was a group chat. Um, talking about a bachelorette party for Robin and um, you guys are noticeably not on the chain. Do you guys know anything about that? <laughs> I, this is like Ashley's fake attempt to be a good friend. I think like, I think she thinks that we think she's being a good friend in this moment, but girl, <laughs> I do still appreciate her for this, but the, she's been leaning into the innocent, a lot and I baby come on so now Wendy's really like what is going on with Robin so she goes to Ashley or asks Ashley okay if Robin and I are supposed to be moving forward and I haven't said anything bad to her what is the issue now so Ashley tries to come up with some lame excuse like well I actually think that it might be Giselle um not getting along with you you know and she's the host but you know, Wendy breaks it on down perfectly, like a professor. Let's call a spade a spade. We've all been brides, and the people who get invited to the bachelorette parties and the bridal events are the people that the bride wants to be there, not the host. So I think this is another example of Robin just not being honest. So what's the issue? Period. And like, here's my theory that I'm just cooking up like literally right now. So you know, half-baked, right? Um, I feel like there might be a certain level of intimidation when it comes to Robin and Wendy. Like, I think Robin, I don't know, like if some way maybe she feels like inferior. And I think this might be like a subconscious thing. I don't think Robin knows this, but I feel like in that moment where Wendy laughed at her, right? There must, I think Robin was embarrassed and then she's looking over at the girl who's like laughing and confirming that she should be embarrassed by this, right? So I think that's really probably what set her off. Like, so, but why would you care if you didn't care about that person? You know what I mean? Like if this was just like whoever on the cast and you did, like didn't give a shit, like that wouldn't have hurt. Something about it being Wendy just hit her <laughs> different, right? 
Personally, I think Wendy was laughing because she thought the whole situation was ridiculous. Not because, like, she was trying to, like, kiki over Robin. But anyway, let's move on. So Giselle then goes over to Mia's to plan Robin's bachelorette party. And of course, she tells her about the dress shopping. And, you know, Ashley gave me a little bit of tea about you. About your last night in Mexico. So I heard that there was a little bit of flirtation coming from Mia to Wendy. Is that right? So Mia's eating soup at this point. I've been watching Mia more, especially when she eats, and she's so animated. Like she's always eating, like um, like she's about to be like, mm-hmm. Like it's almost kind of Jessica Rabbit like, but it's also like very cheeky. And I I've never seen so much emotion from somebody, uh, just chewing. But anyway, she's having soup, and the way she just like dabs her napkin, like, well. I'm not saying, but, you know, maybe, maybe there was, right? So Giselle goes, okay, fine. I was spreading rumors that you and Mia were having sex. (laughs) Mia's like, what? (laughs) So we see a flashback where Giselle told Robin, told Robin the day before this lunch with Mia, oh, uh, Mia likes Wendy's vagina. And I think there was some vagina bumping. And then they left together. And Robin's just looking at her like, even she's not really like, hyping Giselle up over this she's like "Uh, okay this seems like something you're just excited to tell me not actually a true story so Giselle tells Mia well Ashley did say there was a whole lot of vagina watching or something so Mia goes oh yeah well you know she did show me her vagina like spread eagle style right so Giselle goes okay did you ask to see it or did she just volunteer that and Mia goes no I didn't ask I did look though make no mistake (laughs) So then Giselle asks if Mia showed Wendy her vagina. And Mia's like, yeah, you know, she asked to see it. And so I just, you know, this little little le- open leg. Let's just see, right? Take a peek. So now Giselle wants the whole details. She's like, did you show her? Show it to her? And she's like, yeah, I showed it to her. And Wendy said, you know, it was cute. No big deal. But here's what gets me is that Giselle says in a confessional, I really thought that Mia wasn't going to admit this, but she confirmed and I'm just trying to figure out if there's like a flashlight involved. Actually, I don't need to know. My version of the story is always going to be better. But let's go back to what she said. I was not expecting Mia to admit that. <laughs> That's what you're trying to do. This is why I call Giselle an operator. Because you purposely put her in this situation where it's like, oh, if Mia doesn't tell the truth about something that literally has nothing to do with me, then I can pin her on that. But my plan failed and she was actually honest with me. And so now this really isn't a big deal, is it? Because it's like two people just consenting and having a fun time. Who cares? <laughs> so thank you, Mia, for dispelling that and bursting the bubble of Giselle's fake storyline. But <sighs> then Mia just like mucks it up again because she's like, you know, I thought to myself that maybe Wendy hasn't been jealous of me. She hasn't. Maybe it's just sexual chemistry. It probably isn't. I would like us to divorce ourselves from the narrative that on any planet, Wendy could be jealous of Mia. I don't care if you don't like Wendy. That is not... (laughs) Look at the receipts. Look at the material. That doesn't make sense. Like, I don't care if you're a Mia stand down and you wouldn't pick up Wendy in the street. Objectively. Not possible. 
It is a fun little thing, funny little thing that Mia keeps putting in there, you know, kind of like when Larsa says that she hasn't had a BBL. I'm like, <laughs> okay, girl, like we're all just laughing and just, you can continue with that narrative, but we're all in another wave, milady. And then Mia says that the reason why she and Wendy really didn't go for it is because neither G or Eddie consented to it. So at this point, she's like, we're at a look, but don't touch situation. Cut to uh, me in a confessional. And the producer goes, I'm sorry, did did Wendy touch you or no? She goes, oh, no, she touched me. Just like a little, kind of like you would like tickle somebody's chin, you know? Like just a little like, oh, that's cute. Nothing uh, penetrative or anything like that. I, yeah, just a little, little tickle. I don't know. So then they move subjects to how Wendy's not invited to the bachelor party. And Giselle says, actually, that's really not on me. This is Robin's list. So now it's confirmed. This is Robin's doing for sure. And then Giselle says that Wendy was just team too much. And Mia was like, honestly, I wasn't even paying attention. I had my own thing going on with uh, Wacklin. So I, I wasn't, I don't know. So then Mia says that Jacqueline called her that weekend. Oh, this is so embarrassing. This clip was so embarrassing. <laughs> so Gordon and Mia and the kids are just like walking down the hall somewhere, right? And Mia's on the phone. On the phone, Jacqueline on the lower third, right? And you just hear her say, what do you need? No. Click. Hangs up her phone and just throws the phone in the purse. Turns to G and says, talk about needy friends. <laughs> I would drown myself. <laughs> that is so embarrassing. Jacqueline, do not ever be friends with Mia again. Never. Oh, I hate this. I hate this for me. And I hate this for all of us, frankly. So Giselle asked Mia, like, do you just think maybe you need time with Jacqueline? And she makes this face like, girl, pfft, like forever. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the time I want to take. So then Mia's like, well, you know what? Let me show you the party favors that I got. And it's literally just two bags, like two uh, 20 packs. One of those, you know, your standard thin little dick uh, plastic straws. We've all seen them. We've all drank out of them at this point, I'm sure. And then she goes, I got these ones, these straws, because they're like, they look like wand. These are gold straws with like black, you know, outline of a man, like a muscle man, like a bodybuilder. <laughs> And Giselle's looking at her like, you think this looks like what? Okay. Okay. One thing about me is that she's dizzy. Moving on. So all the rest of the ladies are getting ready for Robin's bachelorette party. But Wendy is about to do one of her many jobs. Uh, tapping in on Zoom, the MSNBC account to talk about Roe v. Wade, right? With, uh, I think, Simone Sanders. So, you know, she's working, right? working with a capital w and she says in a confessional i don't have an issue with robin but it's very clear that robin's going out of her way to have a problem with me and at this point i can't do anything with robin if robin isn't willing to meet me halfway i've moved forward in a positive way and i don't have time and people for people in my life who aren't so yeah <laughs> i mean even if you wanted it it seems like robin's not budging so probably a good stance to have ma'am so then the leaders gather at, uh, I think, Mia's house for the bachelorette party. And it seems like the theme, honestly, I'm not sure. At first, I thought it was purple. And then we got like black and snakeskin. I'm not really sure. What I will say, join me in a round of applause. I truly have never seen Giselle look better. 
thank fuck. She looks so good and it just proves you don't have to have all the fuchsia and the gadgets and gizmos and who sits and what's its galore. You can just have like a simple lavender shift dress or whatever the fuck you call it. Just like a short spaghetti strap, plain dress, got the hoop earrings, the nice bust down kind of, you know, it's not floating three eighths of an inch above her head. I loved it. I thought she looked so hot. And God, what a relief. Pop, pop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. And it really proves that an outfit can make a whole thing. Because I know that Giselle's beautiful. Like, I'm not stupid. She is. But seeing her looking good (laughs) in an actual nice outfit that, like, complimented her, I was like, who the fuck is She looks stunning. I was gagged. (laughs) Ashley and Mia end up showing up in the same purple pink blue snakeskin jumpsuit i don't know how they did it but ashley says in a confessional obviously me and i are two former hoes because it takes a hoe mentality to want to wear a see-through purple snakeskin bodysuit okay hoes see hoes all right <laughs> and then mia says you know ashley's cute and all but honey i filled it all the way out she was like a garden snake and i was like an anaconda baby okay there is no comparison <laughs> You guys are going to be shocked that Charisse showed up in a dress that looked like somebody's bougie, annoying aunt from 2017. And it clicked to me that I think maybe uh, Charisse carved out a section of her closet for housewives gear and was just like, got kicked off the show. And it's just been, it's been waiting there the whole time because I've, I think I'm not even like trying to be shady. I think that's maybe what is happening with the wardrobe. You'll also be shocked to know that um, she's moping. She's in a bad mood. <gasps> she says in a confessional, I don't know, something about how she uh, feels like she should be throwing the bachelorette party, but Mia's only been here five minutes and that's okay. And I guess Giselle's the bestie and I feel some type of way about it, but you know, I'll hide it. Okay. Nobody's like barely even mic'd up, man. Fine. Fine. (laughs) Again, Mia's on the show may not make sense to you because they're not really friends, but it does make sense because they're cast members. We're filming a show about people have contract never mind you, you get it Sharice. um so then uh what happens after that oh basically she does some speech in the sprinter about how like oh if you're not if robin doesn't like you or if you don't like robin there's something wrong with you thanks that's like the last person i would want an endorsement from <laughs> oh my god uh we do get a quick clip of Karen going with Ray to uh, I don't know look at her new four wick candle uh, just a big upgrade because the last one was a three wick I, I just Karen are we going to get a diversity of fragrances scents here because it seems like we're still working on the fire or whatever balsam whatever it was bohemian fire can we get to a second because I feel like <laughs> at one point we're just going to get it to a 16 wick a hundred ounce bohemian fire candle and still not work on an additional scent. And I would just think if maybe we could get two more scents instead of bigger candles. (laughs) Karen says, I don't care about missing Robin's party because I'm making coin. Now this 
Four Wick is supposed to be a special edition candle that's only released around certain holidays like Christmas or Valentine's Day and maybe Mother's Day, but we haven't figured it out yet. So just so you guys know, you may have missed the first wave from December to December 25th, but you got uh, maybe the first half of February. Maybe join a waiting list for May just in case. I don't know what to tell you. So while Karen's there, she's like, I'm going to also get in the business of being petty, which is a business that I personally am well-versed in. So she drops a check. She's like, we want to order 8,000 more candles. I'm going to give you 10,000 in this check right now. Ray, Ray, please take a picture of me so I can show it to Robin. And Karen says in a confessional, I'd rather be sitting here writing a check and growing my business than on a bus doing a wiggle dance on a pole. Speaking of who is actually doing the wiggle dance for um, Robin, we just spread eagle again, not on one pole, but on actually two poles, you know, the, the two poles that help steady you if you're standing on either side. So she's using those to steady herself and just like, whew, like a real slow wine, pussy to face, pussy, to f- pop the puss, pop the puss. You know what I mean? Good, good for her. Um, so Ashley, no, Candace asks, do the strippers clean the poles in between dances? And Ashley's like, oh, girl, you probably touched worse things than that. So this brings us to Mexico and how Mia and Wendy kissed. Mia was rubbing her titties on people, according to Ashley. So Mia drops a bomb on um, Ashley and Candace. Y'all were in on this, too. We all had a quadruple kiss. And I'm the one <laughs> who shut it down. <laughs> so Ashley and Candace are like, oh, well. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is new information to me. Lucanda says, well, I don't know if we needed to shut anything down. I don't think I can commit to eating a box. But Ashley goes, don't knock it till you try it. So then the ladies hit the Empire Club. And Mia says, listen, she was tasked with finding a good strip club, right? As the connoisseur. Says the Empire is not the classiest club, but it is the fun, the most fun of the classy clubs, if you know what she means. Asses everywhere, Okay. Asses on the dance floor. Asses on the regular floor. Asses in a shower. It's just some sort of see-through shower in the middle of the club. Everybody's having a great time. I am loving Candace's season-long commitment to tiny rectangular glasses, but also to her, because she's like, they got a corner booth and she's right in the middle. You know, the the worst spot if you have to go to the bathroom. Like, I, please... Put three beers in me and it's like every 15 minutes. I, I can't be bothered at this point, you know? Got to keep that pelvic floor. But um, 
in that spot. So now Candace is telling people, oh, she's nice. She's a good dancer. I like that move. Give them a dollar. <laughs> she's just passing it to the rest of the ladies. Go tip them. I like her. I have to say that one thing that I did get wrong about Robin is that I thought she was going to be like more of a prude about this and more like, Ooh, but she all in, all in by Teddy. She was having a great time. She was getting up, getting up close and personal at points and says, yeah, she and Juan go to the club all the time or they used to. She goes to the friends. She is not afraid of some ass and titties shaking in her face. And you know what? Amen. Amen. You know, as somebody who like grew up in Atlanta, not that I was like really ever at a strip club, but, um, I have an appreciation for it and I understand that it's an art and it's a cultural touchstone for many of us. So I appreciate that. I think we should appreciate strippers a lot more, frankly. So at this point, the ladies are drunk, right? <laughs> so they get back to the table. Sharice is lit. Uh, Ashley, what's going on with you and Michael? So Ashley's also drunk. So she says, well, you know, like we've been trying to create a good environment and, you know, there are a lot of nice moments between me and him. And then she's like, yeah, you know, it's just been like, uh, like kind of like, uh, maybe we might get back together. But Candace says in a confessional, if I had the opportunity to leave Gollum and take half his money, bitch, where's the train? Cause I'm getting on it girl. And I'm the conductor. Okay. So Ashley says, we have a lot of light moments and right now we're in a light moment with each other but then robin asks are you considering like reconciling with him she's like no but god i just don't know i don't fucking know so then ashley says that she hasn't really been dating in a while because michael milky i asked told her that he is not seeing anybody so all these girls are thinking that she's been like out here she's like no i haven't been since the last date that i told you guys about and Candace goes, bitch, Michael was in my man's club with a woman, Chris, <laughs> went to his bar. And according to Chris, the girl was not cute. So then Ashley kind of buries her head in her hands. It's like, oh my God, like, you don't tell me one thing, Michael. And then I hear another thing, like, just be honest, just say I'm fucking somebody or I'm dating somebody. Like, just say it. Was this like the first time I feel like we've ever seen Ashley truly try to hold Michael accountable for anything like this was the first time I'm like okay I'm understanding it but then of course she goes right back in and she says you know I'm not allowed to be mad I can't be mad and Cherie says no you can't be mad because you're getting a divorce D disagree disagree he just she just said he manipulated you and did not dating by saying that he wasn't dating even though he very much is you have every right to be mad about that this isn't like oh a jealousy thing it's a he's a manipulator like fuck him fortunately for everybody um you know Cherise's bad advice is stopped by robin's extremely coveted steak and lobster arrival but did you guys see Cherise stole a lobster right off of mia's plate with her bare ass hands like Mia was like, let me cut it up so I can share it with you. And she just goes, ha ha ha. Just took it with her bare hands. Ugh. And this is the woman that you guys say is the queen of, this is the queen of Potomac. Okay. And it's like, you know how they serve the lobster with the meat on top. So she just had a handful of lobster meat that you just were like giving dollars to people to who knows what you like, who, what part you just touch of anybody at this point. And the pole, we already talked about the pole at bare hand on that lobster meat. Ugh, I will never. 
But then somebody brings Karen up and asks Sharice how she feels now. And she's like, well, you know, I don't really think about Karen, but my thing here is that she lies, okay? From day one, I never aired her shit out. So you're going to assassinate my character when you know what you're doing? And in fact, the last time I was at a club, I was with that bitch Karen Huger, the grand fucking dumb, and the freaking girl disappeared. (laughs) So Candace is just putting lip gloss on like yeah girl you know i hate when a friend disappears at the club they just go m.i.a probably because they're sucking dick in the corner somewhere well uh, you may have been right about that one candace because sharice goes on to say karen is known in potomac for getting drunk and sucking any dick any dick that'll come her way that's her reputation and then she says that she was fucking a worker at the club in the bathroom that's a fact she (laughs) says. that is a fact girl okay like is this what you wanted Charisse? that like she has been itching since the beginning of the season to be like oh there's something i know about karen is this why she doesn't want to talk about me because i have a secret like she's been holding this in her pocket to throw for like do we believe this first of all i i will say i think she's dating i do think that they she and ray have some sort of situation where she can go out and he can play simulation golf uh, you know in the rec room and she can like go and have a nice time and he can go to bed 7 30 you know turn on matlock put it on the 45 minute sleep timer and get his z's in and she can like go out and have fun and enjoy the housewife like we've been hinting at this for a long time right like even back in the beginning of season where she sits Ray down and says, you don't mind if I have a little bit of eye candy, right? <laughs> like it, we've been talking about this the whole time. So to me, this isn't like a <gasps> moment. I don't care. Frankly, I don't care. Do you guys care if, if Karen was like creeping around on Ray or like knowingly dating some other dude? Like, I just don't, I can't, I don't care personally. I also feel like if anybody saw the grand dame, if they saw Karen Huger in a bathroom at a club, like we we would have known that. And this is what I was saying the other day about like people, you know, claiming rumors about celebrities and reality stars, and just saying like sources confirm, and we never know who these sources are. Just because Giselle heard this story. About, years ago doesn't necessarily make it true it just means she said it a long time ago right like (laughs) i don't know but i do believe that like everybody was like you know i just i think something's been going on i don't know giselle says that she knew this information because you know sharice told her all those years ago but she kept it in the vault too even though last season karen was calling her you know a broken horror from hampton university and she says in a confessional well you're a drunken whore from nowhere university okay nowhere (laughs) not really dispelling that you're not a whore but okay um so robin says in a confessional that sharice like i said told her that story a long time ago ashley says she's heard things but nothing to this extent Danda says at the end of the day i'm team black love and therefore i don't have a comment i've already said too much about already how about that <laughs> and then giselle says in a confessional so ashley's heard stuff mia's heard or not, ashley's heard stuff candace has heard stuff robin 
But Mia hasn't heard anything. So, of course, we have to cut to a producer asking Mia, has she heard anything? And she's just like, well, maybe. No, you haven't. Okay. (laughs) So then Ashley says she's always felt like Karen has had an affection for blue eyes. And Cherie says, you know, at that reunion, Ray said that he hired a private investigator to look up blue eyes, but that he didn't find anything. So why are we talking about this then? Right? So, what, like, what's the end here? Just to embarrass Karen? Because, like, really the fallout is, like, you're embarrassing Ray. You're embarrassing her kids. And, listen, if you're cheating, who's do you deserve that protection? No, not necessarily. But, like, I don't really think she's cheating. I think she's doing what is in the parameters of her relationship. And maybe she just doesn't want to talk about it. You know? I don't know. Cherise then tries to drop some bomb that Blue Eyes is not a driver. He actually works at a hotel and, you know, more about this alleged DUI, I guess. I mean, I don't know why else Karen would have gotten her license taken away, but um, they said, you know, because Karen got her license taken away, Ray was driving her a lot and presumably Blue Eyes was picking up the slack. Okay, so then Mia... It was got to be wasted because, so are you guys saying that Karen's a prostitute? And everybody at the same time goes, no, (laughs) no. Mia goes, well, I heard somebody's working at the door at a hotel and that Ray was her pimp. And so Giselle goes, Mia, you're just making shit up at this point. And Mia goes, well, I got it from you. You know what? Checkmate. (laughs) Checkmate on that one. Mia then says in a confessional, That she had had a conversation with Gordon and Gordon told her that most men that are older than their younger wives get to a point where they can no longer please their wives. So if they really love them, they'll let them date. She says, you know, maybe Ray said the same thing to Karen because obviously Ray can't climb the steps as quick as Gordon can. So that time's already come for Ray. If you can't climb up the steps, he can't climb Karen. That's all I'm saying. Right? I guess. (laughs) So then Ashley and Mia decide to get up on the pole and they're living their best lives. They bring up Robin who's been hiccuping because of how drunk she is. So she goes up on that pole. You guys remember? And Real Housewives in New Jersey where Danielle takes them to the uh, strip club that she used to work at. Was that also the one that Erica used to work at? I think it is. Um, To teach them like a pole lesson. Poor (laughs) Gimji. 55 year old Kim G at the time just tries so hard to get up on that pole and just falls. Now I'm going to give Robin credit because she's wasted in heels and a dress. Um, and it's dark, but Kim was prepared. She was wearing a uh, jean, not jeans, shorts, athletic shorts. And she was ready. And she, I think she even had knee pads. on. <laughs> I think she had knee pads on and she needed them. Cause she fell right to the floor, right to the floor. And so I'm going to leave you guys with that. Um, just your homework for today is look up the clip of Real Housewives in New Jersey going to the strip club with Danielle and just watch Kim G fall over and over. It's sad. It's sad. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Thank you.